Please pray with me. May the good news come to us, O God, not just in words, but in the transforming power of your Spirit. In the name of Christ, amen. As you probably know by now, we are in the season of Advent. And the word Advent uh, comes from Latin and simply means coming. And in our, in our tradition, of course, it means the coming of Jesus Christ. But uh, as you're probably aware, there are more than one coming of Jesus. There is the, the first coming, or sometimes called the first advent, in which Jesus came as the long-awaited Messiah, and the, the, the name we use, Christ, is simply a, an English word uh, which means the same thing as Messiah, which means the anointed one. And then there is the, the current coming of Jesus, where Jesus comes to us every day and, and is with us. And then, of course, we look forward now to the coming of, of Jesus for the second time at the end of the world, in which Jesus will return and God will make all things new and renew the entire creation. The Gospel of Mark is uh, probably the first gospel of the four that was written, and it is also the shortest. And one thing that makes it the shortest is that it often gets right to the point. And the way Mark begins, as we read, is a good example of this. Mark does not uh, give us any introduction to the gospel. Luke uh, gave a, uh, in contrast, Luke gave a, a lengthy introduction explaining that he was putting together histories that he uh, had learned from others to get the true story of Jesus. Matthew uh, starts out with a genealogy, a list of names which many people probably skip older, but has some interesting stuff for us. But, but that's a time for another message. And John, of course, gives us the, the, the rich theological beginning about the word of God, meaning Jesus who became flesh. That, that uh, the Son of God himself became a human being and lived among us to experience everything that we do and to show us what God is like. But Mark just gets right into it. Here's the gospel. Here's the good news. And he talks about a guy named uh, John. And of course, John, there are other Johns in the Bible, and we often distinguish this John by saying he was John the Baptist. That's been the tradition for a long time. Why? Well, of course, because baptism was something that he actually did. And that apparently was a, a novel thing for people in Judea in the first century because uh, many people came out to him in the desert to, to be baptized. And we're told here that it was a baptism of repentance. That John says, if you want to get ready for the Messiah you're looking for, then repent. 
And repentance does not mean uh, simply feeling bad about your sins. Repentance really means basically turning around, going the other way. That it is a willingness to, to go the other way in the sense of turning away from your sins and turning toward the life that God wants you to live. Um, in, in Matthew's gospel, it has John saying, repent for the king, kingdom of God is, is here. And the best definition I can know for the kingdom of God is the one that we say together every week when we pray the Lord's Prayer. And we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That tells us what the kingdom of God is. It is the will of God being done on earth. And Jesus told us that uh, by being here, he was bringing the kingdom of God to be among us. But the, the, the main point of what John was doing was, was not to baptize people. That that was just a part of it. The main point was that he wanted to pe get people to get ready for the coming of the Messiah. The Jews had a long tradition that uh, they would had a, a coming leader who would, in some way, be their deliverer. Now, as you probably know, the Jews of this time lived under a very oppressive governmental regime, the Roman Empire. They got no respect. They had few rights. They had very heavy taxes. And many of them hoped that this Messiah would come and take charge and be a military leader and, and make them a free nation. That's not the way it turned out, of course, because Jesus uh, came uh, and was the Messiah, but he was not at all the kind, of, the kind of Messiah that would do that. Because he was going to make his changes not by military might, but by the power of God's love and grace. But anyway, what John was really trying to do was to get people to prepare for, for Jesus' coming. And that's why I prefer to call John the, John the forerunner. John the forerunner. And I've, I've read a, a few other authors who, who, uh, who call him that. Uh, we're not likely to change the tradition of calling him John the Baptist. But uh, nevertheless, to me, that's who he really was. His, his calling was to prepare the way for Jesus. And one thing that he made clear was that he himself was not the Messiah. Because many people in going out to meet him in the desert apparently thought he was. And another thing to, to understand is that the people of Judea at that time had not heard a real prophet from God in hundreds of years. There used to be a time when there were many prophets like Amos and, and Joel and Jonah and Isaiah. But there had been a, a period of several hundred years when 
as far as they could tell, God was eventually silent, was essentially silent. And, and many of them were, were hungry for hearing the word of God. And so when this guy, John the Baptist, who apparently was an authentic pro prophet, showed up, of course they went out to hear the word of God. And so even though we learn about John in the New Testament, we can think of him as the last prophet in the tradition of the Old Testament prophets. But he was very emphatic that he, that in saying, I'm not the guy. I am not the one you're looking for. I'm just here to prepare the way. And the way, and the way you do that is to, to clean up your act through, through repentance and be baptized as a sign of that repentance. He went on to say that uh, the, the real guy who comes after me is just way, way beyond me. He said, I'm, I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. Today we might say, I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't be worthy to shine his shoes. That, that, uh, that, that's how uh, much above him he saw Jesus as being. But the point is to get ready. And he makes an interesting contrast here. He says, I am baptizing you with water. But the, when the real Messiah comes, the one coming after me, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. What it, what it means exactly to be baptized with the Holy Spirit is something that, that, that Christians have debated among themselves for a long time. And it, it's not it's not something that uh, I want to get into here, except to say that uh, to me it, is, it, it can be seen as a, a way of saying uh, it's a matter, uh, it's a way of being open to, to God's presence with us and the power that comes from, from knowing God is with us and knowing that God loves us and, and the power of God's grace working within, the, within us. Because uh, Jesus introduced the Holy Spirit uh, as he was talking to his disciples later on in the Gospels. And he said that, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave you. I'm going back where I came from, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who represents me. And when we say that, that, that Jesus is with us, theologically we're saying that the Holy Spirit is, is with us, uh, the third person of, of, of God, uh, representing Christ to us. And the Holy Spirit being in us makes us aware of God's love and helps us understand God's word. And if we really are open to God's power, the Holy Spirit can give us power to do things for God that we never thought possible. So be open to those surprises from God. So I'll just close by, by inviting you once again to, to, to be aware of God's presence.
and uh, to be open to God's power, uh, especially as we look forward to to the the Christmas uh, nativity of Jesus, and and where uh, we celebrate the incarnation of Jesus as becoming truly one of us. Amen. <clears throat>